Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, good morning listeners and welcome to another program of Asia Pacific Currents on this beautiful uh, Saturday, well it's cloudy, drizzly Saturday here in, um, in Melbourne, Australia and welcome to all those people who are listening as podcast or they're listening on, um, on the, directly on the web anywhere around the world. Uh, my name is Pierre Morrow and I'm bringing you this week's program of Asia Pacific Currents. Uh, Giselle uh, is once again not with us. Uh, but uh, she did um, provide the interview for the program, so thanks for that, uh, Giselle. And she will be back next um, week on the show. And uh, thanks to um, Solidarity Breakfast for another interesting program. And um, the um, music interlude that you had between the programs was uh, Merdeka by George Telek. And um, on, um, on today's program, after the usual news roundup, we're going to have an uh, interview with Reem, a Palestinian activist, who will uh, explain a bit more about the so-called deal of the century of a few weeks ago and also their reaction um, on the ground in Palestine and in the region. And of course, um, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links, a labour, a, ba- a labour. A- Labour and union-based organisation based here in uh, Melbourne, Australia, that builds solidarity links and solidarity activities between workers in Australia and the rest of the Asia-Pacific region. And uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can go to um, see our, our website, all the W's, aawl.org.au, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. So we'd love to hear from you and any feedback you have on these stories. And uh, most of the stories that you hear will be on our um, electronic uh, e-news, the mini-news that comes goes out uh, usually once a week. And, uh, of course, you're listening here on 3CR Radio, your favourite community radio station, and it's subscriber drive still going. So... Uh, this radio station has been going uh, about 44 years. Uh, it was built by us, for us, and it's run by us. And um, the money also comes from us. So if you hear what you, if you like what you hear, uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to the station. You can either subscribe and become a member to the station or you can donate money. But this is the subscriber drive. And you can ring 94198377 during office hours or go to the 3CR um, website, uh, 3cr.org.au and uh, just follow the prompts. But uh, it's just on uh, four past nine o'clock. We'll go straight to the news where we go to Syria, the Syrian war that started in 2011 from the popular uprisings that developed during the early stages of the Arab Spring throughout the region, has now shifted to a new phase with the Syrian government trying to retake one of the last major areas outside, outside of its control. 
its of offensive in the Idlib region has not only raised tensions and sparked military, con military confrontation with neighbouring Turkey, but has also resulted in a displacement of hundreds of thousands of people. This is now creating new humanitarian disaster, with these people unsure where to find refuge as Turkey has closed its borders to them. So um, unfortunately that Uh, uh, both a humanitarian and political catastrophe is still ongoing in Syria. Now we go um, actually next door to Turkey where I think a couple of weeks ago we brought you the news that uh, uh, over 100,000 metal workers were about to go on strike in Turkey. Well, we've actually got, uh, and um, the Turkish government had said that strike was going to be legal. Well, we've got some good news for once that... Um, The, that strike for of um, it, it seemed like it was going to be quite a bitter and protected strike uh, against employers and government over a new collective agreement. Now, um, in a surprise move, just before the strike was about to begin early this um, month, the Turkish Employees Association of Metal Industries agreed to a new, new two-year contract that not only provided substantial wage increases to workers, but most importantly, these increases were pegged to the rate of inflation, a significant issue for workers in Turkey. The fact that all three union organizations that cover metal workers were united in, the, in their determination to take industrial action is being seen as a crucial factor in winning this new contract. Hey, this is Nick Rampignano. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. The um, next story is from South Korea, where last year on the 29th of November, Moon Jung-woon, a 40-year-old jockey working at the Busan Gyeongnam horse track, killed himself. In his suicide note, Moon said that, uh, that un ongoing abuse and corruption by the Korean Racing Authority was the reason he committed suicide. In the last 10 years, Moon was the seventh person from the same racetrack to kill himself. The Korean Confederation of Trade Unions has uh, taken on this case as another example of the toxic and deadly workplace culture in South Korea, where many workers endure years of overwork and intolerable working conditions. The KCTU has held a number of major protest actions in the last couple of months, and last weekend, tens of thousands of workers demonstrated outside the racetrack. Our fourth story is from Myanmar, uh, where in uh, late, an, another ongoing issue, where in late October of last year, over 250 workers from the Thongtai textile factory were sacked after they went on strike over a number of issues, including wage increases, less overtime and more secure employment. The union appealed against this mass dismissal to the Cambodian Arbitration Council. Unfortunately, just last week, the council approved the mass sackings by the company. In response, around 15,000 workers from uh, scores of factories um, took to the streets of Yangon, Yangon in support of their dismissed colleagues and calling for their reinstatement. Such labour intimidation in Myanmar has to be seen in a context where the military continues to have sweeping powers and where democratic rights to dissent and protest are still very heavily curtailed in Myanmar. 
And um, more of a, of a global and regional uh, story, this one about um, COVID-19, which is, of course, the, um, the name of that's been given to the new coronavirus. So um, the uh, outbreak of this new um, coronavirus, um, as I said, COVID-19, which was first identified in the Chinese city of Wuhan late in December of last year, has now infected thousands of people. While its main effects are in China, most countries in the world have also been affected. The main effect for workers has been felt in China, whether from uh, being made to work too fast to build hospitals, and there's some incredible pictures around the internet about this, to not having enough protective equipment or resources, um, and actually the health workers in Hong Kong went on strike on this issue, or facing loss of wages due to ongoing shutdowns of workplaces and this is uh, uh, becoming a major issue throughout China and some of the supply chains that depend on these um on these uh, factories. In Australia, the fear of contagion has led to such an increase of racist acts against Chinese-looking people, including people being kicked out of their apartments, that the um, that very uh, this week the Australian Chief Medical Officer has felt compelled to make a public statement against the growing racist tide. Get your copy of 3CR's magnificent book. It's a stunning history of the people, programs and issues at this station since 1976. On sale now for the amazing price of just $20. Pick one up at the station or jump online and place your order. Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR. On sale now for $20. I do actually have that book myself, and um, it's a great read, and uh, I highly recommend that to all, all everyone. Um, obviously, the the station is so big; it's so many volunteers that uh, it really is only a partial snapshot of uh, an incredible, rich history. Um, so we stay in Australia, where last week another incident of the super ex- super exploitation of temporary migrant workers in Australia's agricultural sector was discovered by unions in the southern state of Tasmania. The union discovered that more than seventy workers were living in a single house just just outside Port Sorrell in northern Tasmania. Now, to make uh, matters worse, they were being charged. 100 Australian dollars each a week in rent, uh, which amounted to $7,000 a week for the rent of that house. Now, similar homes in the area, their normal rent is about $600 a week. So someone was actually uh, not only um, making them living in a slum-like conditions, but making 10 times more uh, from their um, rental. The workers, who were mostly from Tonga, were part of the new seasonal worker program for island countries in the Pacific Ocean, set up to contribute, set up, uh, so, um, supposedly, in inverted commas, to contribute to the economic development of these countries. The company that employed these workers, Costa, is an Australia-wide company that claims to be the biggest producer of berries in Australia. And again, it's, um, it's very much an example how the whole temporary migration um, uh, visa scheme is really a, um, a coordinated um, project to, um, uh, to create a super exploited uh, section of, of our workforce where both the 
government and major companies and then you have all subcontractors all um, are involved and all make profit our uh, off our fellow workers and unfortunately this is not just an issue in Australia but affects uh, uh, migrant workers all around the world as well as our last um, story we go to India where this is a story that we have uh, reported over over the years really now for over 20 years a coalition of working class communities in the um, uh, Odisha's uh, Jagat Singhpur district of Orissa state in northeast India fought against a gigantic integrated industrial development of mines, steel mills and port that would have destroyed and polluted their communities. Three years ago, the residents had thought that they had won when the South Korean company POSCO announced that we were withdrawing from the project. Unfortunately, the local authorities have now announced that the lands will not go back to the communities but will instead be made available to other companies to set up similar industrial complexes. The communities are now gearing up for another long fight. So, um, comrades, uh, all the best for you. You've done it once and hopefully you can do it again. Hi, I'm Jacob from the Friday Rave and I'm also on 3CR's Committee of Management. Now, the community of passionate people that founded 3CR a long time ago made some tough decisions. For a start, they committed themselves and a growing community of listeners to back their vision of owning our station and, in doing so, remaining independent of the government and corporate influence. They did this by fundraising, brick by brick, with working bees, door knocks, on-air drives and all the rest of it. You've all been there. Now, their commitment has kept 3CR on air for over 40 years. That's a long time even in my life. But now, we need your commitment to keep this great thing going. Now, you can subscribe online at 3cr.org.au or phone us at the station on 9419 8377 or even stop me on the bloody street if you see me at some rally or other and ask me for a membership form. You need to become a member of Melbourne Radical Radio and subscribe. Couldn't agree more with that uh, message. It's just on uh, quarter past nine o'clock. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. Now, as um, announced uh, earlier on the uh, at the start of the program, um, uh, Giselle has provided an interview that she did um, with um, Reem, a uh, Palestinian activist, um, earlier this month about the uh, ongoing issues in Palestine and um, what. Uh, the deal of the century really means and and the reaction to um, um, to it in in the region and uh, so um, you will hear Reem explaining um, what it all really means. Recently, since end of the January last week, we heard of the deal of the century. We've been he- hearing about it for over a year now. Um, it is what Trump's administration um, have cooked up for us supposedly to be a a newest peace deal um, with the Palestinians. And he actually, uh, as a Palestinian, I know that it uh, favors the Israelis and especially what Netanyahu has been calling for um, very, very blatantly. And it uh, uh, demands the Palestinians to give... um, really excessive uh, uh, concessions. 
Now, to mention it, uh, what the points included in it, uh, basically, according to this deal, uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that just one day ago we, uh, we got the news that uh, Abbas and the, um, uh, the Arab League, uh, at last, thank God, they are usually hopeless, but at last, they unanimously rejected uh, the deal, you know, and we know Jordan has rejected it as well, uh, even before it was revealed. So uh, uh, the thing in it is that it, uh, Trump, we know that he admitted that it, or recognized that Israel is the uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel since uh, 2017. We know that he even uh, removed the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. According to this deal. He blesses that and makes it uh, uh, consolidated that uh, Jerusalem is the undivided uh, capital of Israel. Uh, we know, according to the United Nations, um, uh, the Israeli state, uh, which was established in 1948, had uh, annexed um, the western side of Jerusalem and the eastern side of Jerusalem state. Uh, under the Jordan rule, then even under, after 1967, uh, it stayed considered under the eyes of the United Nations as um, an occupied uh, land or um, a disputed land. So it is the uh, Trump's move since 2017 is against all international law. So that's the, the first point, which is annexing Jerusalem formally uh, and forever. Uh, the other point is um, they annexed the Jordan Valley, which is, you know, the Jordan River between um, the current West Bank and the current uh, border of um, Kingdom of Jordan. Um, Jordan uh, Valley uh, has been a de facto occupied and um, uh, Israel encroached uh, a lot of settlements and built a lot of things around it, but now it is um, suffocating the West Bank even more and suffocating even the economy of the Jordanians as well when it is annexed formally in, this, uh, in one of the principles of this um, uh, deal. The other thing in this deal, uh, the West Bank that we have today, you have to understand that it is not the same West Bank that was given uh, or was left to the Palestinians during the, the Green Line, which was a division between the Israeli state in 19, that was established in 1948. But actually, it is much, much more shrunk over the years, as a matter of fact, by, uh, or as de facto, by uh, building more settlements. So what this deal is doing is, again, blessing and enforcing this matter of fact further by... Uh, the, by um, considering all these uh, illegal settlements, again, under international laws, as part of the uh, Israeli state. So all these Jewish illegal settlements with their Israeli-only roads and everything uh, will be part of that. So what is left from the West Bank after removing all the settlements and removing all that was stolen uh, during the building of the wall is actually roughly hardly 30% of what used to be the West Bank. So it's, uh, it is really like cantons 
like a Bantu stand of what was happening in South Africa, but even it, it is now blessed and, and recognized uh, if this deal goes, goes. The other thing they are proposing is to uh, enlarge the Gaza Strip, and they, the way they want to do it is that they want to exchange or swap the heavily populated Arab areas in the southeastern part of what they call Israel, which is the Negev and, and uh, the Naqab Desert and, and all that uh, areas. They want to, to, uh, to give it to, the, to, to Gaza and link Gaza or connect Gaza with the West Bank uh, in a tunnel. And that tunnel, of course, will be heavily um, manned by the Israeli state. Uh, that in return for the Palestinians to, to give up and all these concessions um, from the, within the West Bank, making it shrunk to uh, nearly 30% of what it was before. And, uh, of course, that necessitates on the Palestinian Authority, that's another concession they want from it, is to crack down on Hamas and Jihad in the, in the Gaza Strip and just be the, the sole leader. So actually, this, in order to, to achieve statehood, which is, I can't see that this statehood is going to be a state because it will be so cut, cut and crisscrossed everywhere and the, deprived of any kind of sovereignty, sovereignty um, or uh, means of existence or even sustenance even, if, if, I, if I can use this word, um, this is what is going to happen. So th- this proposal is arguably the two-state solution to the ongoing war between Palestine and Israel. But even against the uh, moderate um, position of what a two-state solution looks like, actually what Trump did was appeal to uh, the right-wing elements within Israel. Most um, Israelis don't agree with this version of a two-state solution. What elements of the Israeli right-wing uh, was Trump in negotiation and discussion um, with? And what does the other kind of two-state solution look like? You, you said it uh, very correctly, actually, yes. The two-state solution, that was since Oslo was supposed to continue through negotiations and, and, and get better um, rights for the Palestinians. Uh, uh, another thing in the proposals I didn't say was even the mention of the return, the right of return for refugees, which is recognized as a, a, a human right, international human right, recognized, but now it is all out of the window. Um, so... Yes, I agree with you. It is worse than all the two-state solution and all their forms and all their um, shapes and forms that it took over the decades that all the peace process started. And yes, the right-wing element of Israel, if you're talking about that, um, they don't actually want a two-state solution. They just say it. But in in fact, what they want is... um, the Israeli state and uh, a new state for the Palestinians. Um, just that, as I said, near Bantu stands uh, that are direct economically, uh, militarily, 
very much governed and ruled and controlled by the Israelis. Um, they don't want, they want it to be a Jewish exclusive state, and I, they want it, um, like they aggress- aggressively, they just want to enforce the matters of fact they have been building on the ground since 1967 onwards and even before. And amidst the impeachment proceedings, um, amidst the desperation of these two leaders to cobble together some strong man deal that is going to effectively wipe out Palestinian, any Palestinian claim to any um, sovereign rights in the region, there are these mounting protests, not just in Palestine, but across the Middle East. Tell us how people have responded. They responded with extreme anger, extreme uh, disgust. Um, I've seen YouTubes and a lot of uh, clips of people as far as Morocco, as far as Morocco, the, the, the far west wing of the Arab world, uh, chanting for Palestine and uh, calling for the, you know, the, the fall down of the Israeli uh, regime and, uh, and state, uh, which we don't consider an Israeli state, uh, we consider as an occupying state. Um, yeah, since the start, like the, the and the the government and the ruling classes, uh, um, thankfully, are doing uh, uh, nothing to quell these uh, demonstrations because in in doing so, it will be um, you know severely discredited after. Um, refusing uh, themselves this deal. I never think of these frameworks of uh, international law and democracy and even these imperialist countries such as the belly of the beast, the United States, as imposing anything on me. I know that the real solution uh, comes from the peoples, and the peoples have spoken, the peoples of the Arab world. The peoples are against that. The, the Palestinian peoples we, uh, the people themselves are too weak, but they are also too dignified to accept it. But to come to their rescue, there is uh, the Arab masses around them. I wanted to link it to something, the, the solidarity between the rising working classes of Iran and any um, worker movement in Palestine and the rest of the Middle East, because the rest of the Middle East is is uh, on the streets. I mean, Iraq. Yes. There are these massive anti-government demonstrations. Yes. Syria, Lebanon. Like, Lebanon, is yeah. any of this being channeled to a broad working class liberation across this the Middle East? And that's what I meant. That's what exactly uh, what I meant with the masses. I meant the working class masses. We have huge working class presence in, in, in Iraq, in Egypt, in, uh, even in Lebanon. They are rising up for a few months now, and um, in, in Jordan. Uh, actually, when the Arab Spring started in 2011, I don't believe that it is completely defeated. And I think all these uh, revolutions are still brewing. And the working class giant, if you like, when it really wins in overthrowing the, the regimes around Palestine, not just the head of the regime, but the whole of the capitalist uh, regime that is uh, in tune with the Western world and, and America in particular, 
then when we get when they overthrow their their uh, regimes as a whole, not just uh, the figureheads, then yes, there are, there is a big prospect for Palestine to be liberated, because uh, again, the Palestinian working class is uh, uh, very weak. We need the working class in the um, in Iran, in Iraq, in in Egypt, in in Lebanon, everywhere. We need them to support us. Uh, in linking all the struggles together in order to hopefully uh, to build a one state in in Palestine, one state uh, for the Palestinian people with equal rights for all, not um, just the rights of the Israelis at the cost of the Palestinian Arab majority original people of the land. And that was the um, interview that Giselle conducted a couple of weeks ago with Reem, a Palestinian uh, activist. And that's really the end of the program. It's just on uh, 29 and 30 seconds, so I've got a few seconds to go before the Palestinian program comes in. Actually, they're already in, they're live, and they're putting pressure on me to go, so I better, I better go. <laughs> uh, no, no. That's all. Just kidding, folks. Anyway, my name is Pierre. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links here on 3CR Radio, favourite community radio station. We'll be back next week with another program about the labour movement in the Asia Pacific region. So uh, stay listening to uh, 3CR Radio and the Palestine Remembered uh, program coming up straight after this community announcement. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.